Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 215 for Monday, October 17th, 2022. My name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as Pixorifts, and joining me as always, fresh from the fires of The Cycle Frontier, is Joel Duggan. Hi, Joel. I am no longer on fire. I, I have been foamed. Uh, and for anybody that plays the game, you'll know what that means. Uh, but if you'd like to hear more about The Cycle Frontier, or specifically... The streamers that I'm watching that are playing the Cycle Frontier and animated avatars on Twitch. It's kind of a new thing for me. I've been learning. Uh, we talked quite a bit about that in the Render Distance, which is the extended version of the podcast. You can get at patreon.com slash the spawn chunks. If you become a member, you get access to all kinds of things. That's one. The live show that we record every Monday is another. You'll also have access to the quarterly hangout as well as the monthly Minecraft hangout. And this month, it's going to be a doozy because we're going to be uh, not only chatting with our community about what they've been building, but also chatting with our community specifically about Minecraft Live and the announcements this past weekend. So it's going to be a big month. October is always busy here at the Spun Chunks. It really is. Yeah, October is basically like nerd Christmas for us when it comes to Minecraft Live stuff. So I'm sure we'll we'll get into it and everybody can unpack all of their presents in, in full view of everybody else and we can uh, talk about what everybody liked. But before that, we may as well do our quick login and talk about what's new in our Minecraft Lives. I've had a relatively chill week. I've been just doing some resource gathering. I'm clearing a patch of jungle biome for a secret project on empires that I can't really get into yet, uh, but I'll have more information for that a few weeks down the line. In the meantime, I stole somebody else's base, um, <laughs> although it was a fairly small As base. You do. Um, yes, uh, Ollie the Orion Sound is uh, our bard, our traveling musician on the server who kind of popped up. Uh, in the middle of the season as though he had killed the dragon before the rest of us were there and had just been waiting in the credits in the end poem the entire time. Uh, so he showed up a little bit later than the rest of us, but he had already built a little cobblestone and wood shack that was his base while he, he speed ran the game. And I decided as part of my role as the server's historian that I should preserve that in case he decided to tear it down and build something grander, which he now has anyway. Uh, but I, I stole his base, his chests, everything in it, and rebuilt it at my museum in the ancient capital, um, including a meticulous recreation of what was in the inventory of each chest, what items were in which slots, how much coal he had in his furnaces at the time, all of wow. that stuff. So uh, yeah, he's actually been by since we've recorded a bit where he discovers that I've done this, and I can't wait for people to see it. It's going to be very, very funny. That kind of stuff is always really fun. Uh, I actually pulled a prank like that in university. Uh, we we moved the contents of someone's room across campus to the <laughs> main foyer of the all-girls dorm on yeah. the other side of campus, and it was hilarious. <laughs> and yeah. We left it up to them to move it back. Nice. It was, yeah. It, it, you know, nothing was damaged. Like We were very careful. We wanted to be respectful, but also... A little mean, <laughs> yes. Just, just, just a tad. Um, but that, that's really fun, especially when it, you know, encourages that interaction between folks on multiplayer servers. And I, we were speaking with um, other folks on the Citadel recently, uh, my chat, and and asking people. And I feel like we do a lot of very similar to Hermitcraft on the Citadel, where like we'll come together here and there to help one another out with a grindy thing, but we don't necessarily like engage with our content creation across. The multiplayer thing like we tend to kind of like be our own little zones you know mm -hmm. and and I'm, I'm curious as to on on empires do you pre-plan this stuff or do you like is that was this something you did without permission was this something that you just kind of um all have a a, a pre-agreement like hey by the way 
yeah like this, like this kind of thing could happen um so so to break the fourth wall on this interaction entirely this was 100 percent ollie's idea <laughs> okay he basically because his episodes are sort of fast-paced very eclectic like a bunch of stuff he kind of edits in the most like over the top style possible and so he was like it will be really funny if i come back and you've just stolen my base and put it somewhere to preserve it in like a glass case and i was like well i'm planning on building a museum so i can move the fossil in there and he was like put it in there um and so yeah we, we've been workshopping bits and pieces like that behind the scenes there is some stuff that i will absolutely do not necessarily like without permission um but i'll i'll kind of hint that i'm gonna do something and somebody will say okay i don't want to know about it like like if right. you're doing yeah, if you're yeah, doing yeah. something at my base like don't don't tell me i want to experience it firsthand kind of thing and yeah. i always make sure that if it's something i'm doing without somebody's knowledge then it's not stuff like this where i'm literally breaking down somebody else's build and moving it somewhere especially because that was all of his worldly possessions more or less he clearly wasn't coming back to use any of it it was all just miscellaneous bits of like you know kelp and ender pearls and string mm -hmm. and you know just the kind of junk that you have from your first couple of days playing before you start building anything but ollie's show that he does on youtube is very different to the rest of the stuff that we're doing where we're establishing all of these builds and having this big thematic empire built up every week he's doing you know an episode every couple of months and it's like a multimedia experience so the fact oh. that yeah he, he basically said like this is roughly what i want to happen let me know when you've done it and then we can go from there and so i just i turned up while he was still being held in a cage by Fwip's goblin empire and i i just took down his entire base i left him the campfire and that was it <laughs> So I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, it sounds like he's got more of a narrative going on. Oh, he really does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's definitely like a, a whole uh, a whole deal. It's it's like its own kind of mini show, like a Cartoon Network thing that's happening in the middle of Empires when some oh, of us wow. are trying to do some more serious stuff. It's not like animated too much, but he does a lot with green screen and superimposing himself in the Minecraft scene and just walking around with a microphone like he's doing stand-up comedy or something. It's it's super fun. Um, <laughs> wow. It won't be for everybody. Some people might find it a little bit too like hectic and high energy, but uh, check out Ollie's videos when you have a chance. He's at the Orion Sound on uh, on on YouTube. Nice. So for me this weekend, I um, only got the ch chance to stream on Sunday because, of course, we covered Minecraft Live on, on Saturday. And uh, I was inside the whole time. I decided to uh, work on my Taiga Hill Mansion kitchen. Uh, I'm going to share some screenshots with our live chat. I apologize that some of them are kind of dark and repetitive, but it's hard to take pictures of interior spaces in Minecraft that are not super large. Yeah. And uh, this is where the tables and chairs data pack really helps me out because, of course, the giant kitchen table uh, is six tables all together, but you can use the furniture hammer in the data pack to change the table legs from having um, four to two to one. So you can actually make it look like a two by three table with legs in the corners without having legs all throughout the whole thing, uh, which is which is really nice. It helps sell, I think, the idea of a big kitchen table. And for anybody that's a Downton Abbey fan, I absolutely had like I know that's not a medieval kitchen, but I definitely had that kind of idea in my head when I was thinking about the basement kitchen. I wanted to have a hallway that had like kitchen staff quarters in it, so like the cook and the sous chef and maybe a maid or two would be able to sleep down here. Um, it's kind of dark at the moment because it's still a work in progress. And uh, we are running into some issues in the middle of the room where uh, it's a, just a little bit bigger than I, I anticipated. And there's a large empty space and I have not yet figured out how to light it and have it look good. 
um, and and not have zeros in the middle of the room. Yeah. Because I'm using a lot of candles. Uh, I don't have a fireplace. So normally when you have a hearth, the fireplace will emit so much light, you're basically covered until way up into the corner. And then in the corner, you throw a candle and you're usually good. But with this, I was trying to do the whole like uh, blast furnace and furnace and maybe smoker. I did a bakery a few months ago where I, I, I had that as like, it looked like a bunch of ovens that they would bake their bread in, which is cool. But this one I wanted to do, try to do something different. So I actually tried to construct what looked like, like a pizza oven, kind of like a, a an open an open coal like stone oven and so i use blast furnaces on the bottom and then i put a magma cube and a shroom light behind that and then covered it with stairs facing one mm -hmm. another so you can kind of look into uh there and it does give off some light but of course the blocks block a bit of it and it doesn't quite fill the entire room so i'm still struggling with that uh and my my shader pack that i use to take screenshots makes candles look like neon rods so i need to kind of see if i can either find a different shader or maybe tone that setting down in the shader pack somehow um but uh quite happy with things like the cupboards and i mean barrels of salt and things like that with trapdoors. i've done that kind of trick before uh i'm happy with it overall i think the the selling feature for me is like the the embedded stove is an oven is actually in the same chimney that the fireplace is in so it all makes nice. sense yeah like it would have it would have the same sort of like um chimney flume uh, and then I was really happy with the way that the quarters came out. The, they're very tight. They're like two by three, you know, three by six sort of deal. Um, had like two individual rooms and then one kind of group room where there was like, you know, three beds, not bunk beds, but like very similar kind of setup where you'd have three, you know, probably maids all sleeping in the same room. And it was challenging to do that and have it look, you know, comfortable but not cramped and uh, i ended up using trapdoors to separate the rooms so you don't lose the entire block you yeah. can't place anything on one side of the trapdoor because of course the trapdoor takes up the space but when you use the trapdoor vertically even if you can't place anything next to it you still visually get a wider room you only yeah. get a three by two placement area for your bed your table your chairs but you get visually a three by three room, which in Minecraft makes a huge difference. Yeah, and, and that's where so that's where you find like entities you can push in there. Like if you want to put like a painting up, or you put like an armor stand in there, or something like the kinds yeah. of things that can exist in the same space as the trapdoor, whilst yeah. you know not making it look like the trapdoor is you know blocking an entire half of the room. But it's cool that you can use them as like partitions for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I haven't quite got there with the armor stands because of course we've got the armor stand data pack and I'm going to use that to put like maybe loaves of bread on the table or sure, yeah. try to try to figure out a way I might use, I might try to use like a, uh, an item frame as maybe a cutting board or, or something, um, or maybe like a trap door. I don't know. I will, I'll get there and see what I can, can figure out. But for now, like we've got, um, we've got some bare tables and, and other things. And uh, I really like the way, uh, I think this is really only visible in this shader screenshot, but there's a door that goes outside of the back courtyard and there's some blue light that kind of comes in from outside and everything inside is very warm light because of the, the shroom light and the, the magma and the uh, magma block and the candles. And so there's this really cool combination of like blue light from outside and warm firelight from inside. And I'm digging it. I just need to make it look a little bit busier. And I'm not sure, I'm curious what you might think could go uh there's a large space kind of like between the table and the exit doors there's just this huge open empty space between that and the cupboards and i don't want to put anything in the way where people would normally walk but i feel like it's too open and i'm not exactly sure 
what needs to happen to to go there to fill it up and i'm trying to think about what might be in a medieval kitchen you know yeah i'm wondering if maybe you could have like a a rug of some sort there maybe one that looks a little bit worn but yeah or or at least like a doormat or something that they could wipe their feet on as they go just to add a bit of color into the scene as well Mm, because mm -hmm. obviously you want it to feel a little bit less like you know these are not the most privileged people here but they've also maybe got a couple of comfortable things to make the area feel a bit more homey um yeah i'm trying to think what else you would put into a room like this that isn't just going to be something that you have to walk around in an inconvenient sort of way yeah i think you're um you're most of the way there i agree i think it's just trying to figure out what those little details would be thanks yeah i mean like the floor hasn't been textured much there's a couple of little bits that look like spilled flour on the floor but like i have you know wheat and stuff but i haven't really done anything with the bricks because so it does look like very very heavily stone brick but yeah that's that's true the one thing that i was saying on stream that i wish we could do and wish we had in minecraft were things like hanging pots and pans or like any kind of like thing that you could do that you could hang from the ceiling that would be like you know some sort of kitchen utensil like anything that you could do to make it look like you know just those kind of things that you could hang um i do have a decent amount of room in the ceiling like i can hang stuff from the ceiling and it doesn't like bash you in the forehead so like i could try to maybe hang something from there i'm trying to think about what could be maybe i could maybe try to hang something that might be look like dried laundry or something that could be like a multi-use in the kitchen i don't know yeah maybe Um, if it looked like a tablecloth you know like that was hanging up to dry if you're doing the armor stand stuff a bit later, you could also have like herbs hanging up to dry somewhere or like strings of onions oh, if you can swing that, a, you know. Yeah, that's the a good kind idea. Of, the kind of stuff that would be up here to dry because it's a kitchen environment and also like it's if, if it's over by the fire, then that would make sure it was staying dry and not kind of in the damp corner of this area. Mm. You know, there's, there's a variety of stuff that I think you can do. It's just a matter of how detailed you want to go with it and where that stuff ends up so it's not like, you know, in your head height. But I guess if it's a four block high room, it's not that bad. No, and you're right though, but hanging stuff it would be good because uh, I've done that at like one of the market stalls because it is like a f- medieval fantasy build. Like I've used like um, crimson roots and mushrooms in in uh, flower pots and things like that to kind of say like, oh, here's a bunch of really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Exotic kind of like herbs and roots and things. Yeah. So that could work. Ha- having, having something hang somewhere the trick, I guess, would be, well, no, I guess with, with crimson vines, I could use the shears to keep them from growing, right? Does that work on Yeah, those? I think that works on crimson vines. Yeah, it's only the yeah. um, the wall-hanging vines that it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. Thanks. There we go. We've workshopped it <laughs> live on the podcast. <laughs> um, so I think we better move on because uh, we've got a lot of news to get through today. And we're obviously going to be talking about a lot of this. I think we'll save our thoughts on the vanilla Minecraft update for our main discussion after Chunk Mail. But we've got a lot of stuff to talk about in the meantime. Um, so first of all, if you want to get the recap of Minecraft Live 2022, there is a Minecraft.net article about that that we've linked in our show notes. But we do recommend going back on YouTube and watching the full live stream of the event as well. You can probably just skip around to the various segments and I believe Minecraft is in the process of uploading the individual segments. So if there's you just want to take a look at Minecraft Legends or if you just want to see the vanilla Minecraft stuff, all of that will be segmented on Minecraft's YouTube channel in the next few days or so. Um, But the big news of course is Minecraft 1.20 
where game lead Agnes Larson explained that this year they're only announcing features which are locked in for the 1.20 update at Minecraft Live 2022. They will slowly reveal more features as development continues throughout the remaining weeks and months of the year and into 2023. They have a theme in mind, but they're not announcing that yet, and they also have not announced the name for this update. They kind of want to avoid setting expectations too early, of, I think following the criticism that the wild update didn't really deliver on its wild theme and they'll work with the community to settle on a name that suits the update. So the next major update to Minecraft is currently unnamed but will feature hanging signs which can be hung from the sides of blocks or from underneath blocks even from below another hanging sign. The shape of the chain they hang on varies depending on what they are attached to and they're crafted differently to regular signs they are slightly more expensive requiring chains and stripped logs to craft. Speaking of stripped logs, bamboo is basically now a new wood type. As of this update, bamboo can be crafted into Minecraft's 10th wood type with stairs, slabs, trapdoors, the whole works. It also introduces a bamboo mosaic block with a different texture, kind of like smaller tiles of bamboo rotated at 90 degrees. And it can also be used to create rafts, which are a bamboo boat with a different design, but the same functionality, chest boats and all. They also introduced camels, a new mob found in deserts. They can be tamed and saddled by players and they eat and breed with cactus. Two players can ride a camel, in which one drives and the other is a passenger. It also has a dash which can get it over ravines, rivers and other obstacles and they also pick up a decent turn of speed once they start sprinting over a large flat area. The other feature they teased was chiseled bookshelves, which start out empty and can be filled with up to six books, including books and quills and enchanted books. They're created with redstone functionality in mind, so you can read them with a comparator and how full they are will output different redstone signals. They also have unique top and side textures, which the team pointed out was going to be good for decoration. Minecraft 1.20 snapshots and betas are going to start very soon. Players can expect to get their hands on these announced features sometime within the next week or so, and more features for 1.20 will be announced as they become available in Java snapshots and Minecraft preview betas. They've also announced seven new default character skins. These join Steve and Alex in the Minecraft launcher for Java and the dressing room on Bedrock. They're designed to feel inclusive and welcoming to players of a variety of nationalities, skin tones and ethnic backgrounds who haven't decided on what their main custom skin is going to be. Their official names are McKenna, F.A., Noor, Kai, Ari, Sunny and Zuri. You might already have spotted some of them in the art and promotional material for the Wild update. And these new default skins aren't going to be released concurrently with Minecraft 1.20. We're actually going to get them a little earlier. They should be available in Minecraft from November 29th. We also saw a Minecraft Legends showcase. Presenters from Mojang Studios team gave us a quick synopsis of the world of Minecraft Legends. They introduced three characters known as hosts named Foresight, action and knowledge they will guide the players through the game jeb meets the hosts in an animated short mojang studios and blackbird interactive team members gave us an extended gameplay demonstration featuring four player co-op action against an invading horde of piglins this introduced some of the control mechanics both friendly units and resource gathering allays showcased the game's exploration and traversal mechanics and dropped hints at different piglin factions we also saw the game's opening cinematic rip that one rabbit shish kebab. Minecraft Legends arrives on PC and consoles in spring of 2023. Minecraft Dungeons announced their Fauna Fair seasonal adventure, which features lots of animals, mobs, along with themed cosmetics for both free and paying players. The Tower, which is previously a single player experience, will be playable in multiplayer up to four players. 
Fauna Fair arrives October 19th, and the game's Halloween event is also returning, launching October 26th. We also saw a Minecraft Marketplace preview, which included an upcoming Batman DLC and Frozen Planet DLC, a showcase of Minecraft creator tools with an emphasis on the block bench entity wizard, and the sniffer was declared the winner of the 2022 mob vote with 55.1% of the 3.5 million votes. The rascal followed with 27.7% and the tough golem came last with 17.2%. Our coverage of Minecraft Live 2022 is available to watch on the Spawn Chunks YouTube channel. Yes, and it's about two and a half hours long, so settle in. Um, we, we gave our thoughts throughout it. It was a really fun stream. Lots of people here from the community and from my Twitch community were able to come along. I think from Joel's community as well. And we all just sat through the, the show, talked for about an hour afterwards about you know breaking down each of the major announcements of the day. And we're going to break those down a little bit for you now because we have you know written out a few of our thoughts. Uh, we may as well start with the mob vote since that's sort of the... Not quite the headline act here, but one of them, the one that's most relevant to what we talk about week to week on this show being Vanilla Minecraft. And I, I think it's fair to say that we expected the Sniffer to win just based on community buzz around the Sniffer. We both voted for it. I believe you voted for the Sniffer as well, right? I did, correct, yes. So I did not expect the Rascal to take second place, which it did by quite a considerable margin. And I think this was really interesting because the Tough Golem in all of the takes I had seen on Reddit, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, um, the Tough Golem came a very firm second and the Rascal barely got a look in. And then the Rascal kicked the Tough Golem out <laughs> and, and and was it was between the, the Rascal and the Sniffer going down to the final announcement, which means that you know, it goes to show that the social media that we browse on a regular basis and the snapshot of the community that we get to see is really not the most accurate representation of the broader Minecraft community. Um, I think this was also helped by a couple of things, like they opened the vote for a full 24 hours, so anybody who wasn't able to tune in to Minecraft Live still got to vote. Um, and it was to a broader audience than just Twitter, because they had the Bedrock server, they had the launcher, and they had Minecraft.net. Um, so last year's vote had 12, uh, sorry, 1.28 million votes. This year we had over 3.5 million. So it's over double, almost three times the vote that we got on last year's Minecraft Live. So I think that's a pretty significant thing that they were able to, for a start, broadcast it to uh, this amount of people and, and get this amount of people voting and also see that level of turnout without too many technical issues jumping in here and there. And I think speaks to something that you pointed out live on our coverage this weekend, which is that it's also reaching a broader demographic, people that are that don't have a Twitter account or perhaps too young to have a Twitter account, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like, it, you know, they might be too young to have a Twitter account, but they certainly have a Minecraft account, you know? And I think that opens it up to um, more people that actually play the game. And, and the other thing that I thought was interesting uh, and noticeably different from previous mob votes was that when they announced it, they announced it in a similar fashion. They said, we're not going to announce the winner. We're not going to announce the winner until the very, very end. But here is the update. We can tell you now that the voting is closed and that the tough column came in third. Mm -hmm. And my thought immediately was like, oh man, this is where I wish I could log in and vote again for the sniffer. Because yeah. my top two choices were sniffer, tough golem, and then the rascal at the bottom. Yeah. So 
if the rascal was at the bottom, I was like, well, whoever wins wins. I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. I would prefer the sniffer. But between the rascal and the sniffer, I was very much not <laughs> wanting the rascal to win. And I thought, oh, man, as much as I know that that's how voting works, like I really hope that the majority of, I'm assuming the younger demographic that was voting for the the rascal wasn't going to overtake the sniffer because, you know, like your hands are tied at that point. The voting's done. Yeah. And it's interesting that you can't rally behind the last two. Like it's they're just kind of giving you the information bit by bit in terms of who won. Yeah, it's not like everybody who voted for the tough golem can then turn around and change their vote for the sniffer, right? It's like it's a right. three-way vote and that's it, which is yeah. which is good honestly. Like I think while uh it, it gave a few of us a little bit of a concern that we were going to get the rascal i think the rascal would have been a fine addition to the game largely speaking and it's clear that enough people wanted it you know we got 27 percent of the vote that's pretty decent um but clearly the sniffer was the most popular choice overall so yeah it would have been fine either way the one thing that i hope mojang does learn from these kind of things is that it, when you have that kind of data when you have that kind of you know the sniffer obviously won it but let's just say for argument's sake that the sniffer won by a smaller margin that the uh rascal was close behind and the tough golem was a distant distant third why not add both like sure <laughs> pri like prioritize the sniffer because of course that's what people wanted but if if you at mojang feel that the rascal was a good idea i really don't like the the idea of closing the doors on that like i feel like look if it was a good idea and people liked it to the point where it almost made it i think that's some good information yeah you know i, I mean, think that there's something for everybody in in the and there's something for any everybody in all three of those mobs to be fair you know yeah yeah i i think we've seen this in the past we talked about this a couple of times already but i think with the swamp coming back from being the runner-up of a previous biome vote and still yeah. getting implemented in the wild update i think there is still room for them to bring back any of these previous mob votes the problem is we only have one data point of that ever happening which is swamps so i think there's still room for these to come back through i think one of the things that the developers did to kind of clear up some of the stuff about why they can't just add all three is King B Dogs was talking on Twitter about the amount of design work and rigging and animation and, um, you know, mob AI and behavior and all of that kind of stuff that goes into mobs makes adding a new mob to the game much more challenging than it appears on the surface. And so he said, you know, if we added all three of the mob vote mobs to the game, we'd have to significantly scale back the amount of other stuff we want to do with this update. So I think while they're keeping those in their back pocket, I can see why they want to push forward into things that are going to be more relevant to the theme they have in mind for this update, which we'll get to. There is, loosely yeah. speaking, a theme that they discussed, but we yeah. can uh, we can get onto that a bit later. And to clarify, I I don't mean with this update. I mean like you know put put in the further one down that, the line. that one, but like the next like further down the line, like return to the rascal without having to return to a vote. Like just be like, hey, you know what? You guys really like the rascal. We're bringing it back. You know, like yeah. I th and I think you'd have a bunch of players championing that because they probably voted for it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I think there's now two golems that haven't won the vote but the copper golem was fairly popular and the tough golem had its supporters we could end up in future with a utility update that adds both the golems you know like yeah there's, for sure there's, there's potential for expanding golem lore within minecraft and maybe adding those and and some others if they have plans for those but we'll we'll get to that and if you want your share of golems look no further than minecraft legends because oh boy there are a lot of them as we yes. saw in their gameplay showcase i was really happy to see 
an extended gameplay demo, it looks fun to play. And I wasn't certain of that from the previews that we got of it and the, the kind of brief clips of footage because so often those were woven in with uh you know developer interviews and cinematics and stuff so we never got to see more than a couple of seconds of gameplay at a time whereas this was them playing it live on stage the ui was there there was four player co-op and they were explaining effectively your first steps through the game effectively giving us an on-stage tutorial for how the game controls how you traverse the landscape what enemies you encounter and how you control the units that you're going to be sending into battle and i thought overall like it looked pretty cool um i'm still i think gonna have to get some hands-on experience with it to decide whether it's a game i would play for more than a couple of minutes or if it's just not going to be for me but i think overall the showcase we got was you know building my confidence in what kind of experience minecraft legends is going to be i agree and i'm going to propose an idea here without having spoken to you about it previously if you're interested it could be very fun for us to do this together. Have yeah. like a co-op, like first time in Legends, like, cause I find sometimes these games can be a little bit tricky experiencing them on your own. And then maybe like, a depending on what kind of tutorial they have, like if there's a single player that you have to get through before you can get to co-op, then maybe we have to do that separately. But, but yeah, I think it could be really fun given how we've been speculating about the game for a while. Now that we've seen some real gameplay footage from, um, from Minecraft Live, uh, I'm I'm definitely more interested in it than I was before. I have fewer concerns, and uh, I've also been able to kind of like retrain my my brain and expectations because I I always returned in RTS games like StarCraft and Warcraft and things like that when I look at stuff like this. But it's not an RTS. It's it's a action strategy. It's way faster paced, and and I think that it's going to have like I don't want to say diablo because that's more of a minecraft dungeons thing but like it, it has a very different feel than any rts i've ever played i don't yeah. know that i've played an action strategy so that's going to be a new thing for me it feels a little bit moba ish to me and there are ah, like there you go kind of ai units that you're sending into battle and then you're like the hero character kind of like yes. league of legends or dota or something i think it's mm -hmm. it's closer to that but obviously from the you're in the world, it's fully rotatable, the world is procedurally generated, it's not so much an arena as it is a landscape, you know, that kind of stuff. I, th I think it, it's it's skirting the line of a few different popular genres, and I think it's a, a really neat take on that. And it clearly has a great sense of humour as well. Like, we saw the cinematics, and even the one where Jens was popping into the game and talking to the host characters, I thought that had its own sense of humour that just worked out really well. Oh, and I, I remember you and I mentioning like we would watch a show like that. Like, yeah, I, I was like, this, this should be the Minecraft movie, you know? Mm. <laughs> it, it was like, very, it, very cute. They did a very good job on them. And and I really like the... It's, it's uniquely Minecraft, but it also feels like super just unique in its own right. You know, like it doesn't feel like it's copying anything else. You know, like it, it like the hosts have very different shapes, very different voices. I, you've not heard or seen anything in minecraft ever like these things and and i find that really really interesting uh i also really enjoyed the idea that the world is procedurally generated because in other experiences i've had in similar games they're set maps and there yeah. are set strategies for those maps and once the game gets out for a while there's a meta and it's basically you either play the meta or you lose in those yeah. games mm -hmm. and and that's not fun when you want to be creative minecraft is a very creative game and so if you want to come up with new and weird ideas to try and win your battles in minecraft legends 
you're never going to be able to do the same thing twice. I mean, or there might be a strategy that you've worked out that works out three times in a row. But then the moment that you're in a desert in the game, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I was using all of these. Um, I can't remember what they're called. Arrow golems. What were the arrow golems called? Uh, I think they're just like plank golems. They're like the plank golems. Ones. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So the, if you're using plank golems and using them very effectively and all of a sudden there's not very much wood to collect because you're in the desert, you've got to switch it up. And I, and I like that idea that you just can't lean into something that works really well because the environment is going to change and give you advantage or disadvantage. Yeah. And, uh, I loved watching the gameplay. I, the animation is cool. Uh, it's going to be a, a weird kind of mind switch to use creepers rather than run from them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, and I, the one thing that I did pull from it that I'm, again, it's hard not playing the game. And people that watch a lot of Twitch might have this uh, as well. Like you, the first time you watch something on Twitch, having never played it, it can be very confusing. And I, I found looking at the battlefield going like, I can't see what's going on. Like, I'm sure that these individual players have told their units to go do something and they know what to look for, but I don't. And because yeah. I don't know what command they've given, you're not, I don't know what action to then expect to track on the battlefield. And there was one time when the, uh, I can't remember who was speaking, but one of the developers said, oh, hey, look, this is the epic stone golem, big person coming in the back. Watch this and directed everybody's attention to this like giant stone arm scoop that was essentially catapulting rocks out of the earth and sending it into um, the, the piglin portal to destroy it. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's what I should be looking at in this particular you know, situation. I found it very confusing visually. I think some of that comes to do with, it looked very muddy. And so I'm hoping that either with UI, um, hopefully custom UI, because if they've got people that have color, you know, sight issues, then having a blue highlight might not be great where a green or a red highlight might be better depending on who's, you know, what color blindness you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think that if, if they have those kind of controls, because sometimes I do it just for visibility. Like if I'm always fighting in like a grayish purple background, I don't want my highlights to be blue. I'd want them to be something more visible, like green or yellow or something. Right. So it's hard to say. And it could also be player based. Like if you and I get into a game, your highlights might appear to me as a different color. So I know those aren't my units. They're yours, mm -hmm. you know? So, and we don't know how that works just yet. It's one of those things I think playing the game will, will illustrate it better. Um, I also need to go back and watch it a second time because I, it went by quite quickly and I want to kind of maybe pause it and kind of look and see what's going on. I just want to go back and watch it again for the entertainment value as well, because oh, yeah. like the the host characters feel very Monsters Inc. to me, and I mean that as a compliment. That is one of my favorite Pixar movies, um, and I, I love the fact that the character called Foresight has four eyes. That's it's very funny, very good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I see what you did there uh, all four times. Mm -hmm. um, so the the flavor of it all feels very good to me the we, i talked briefly about the traversal mechanics they have like these kind of clumps of what they call speed wheat which you run through and it increases the speed of your travel so you can chain together almost like a a racing game where they'd have those kind of speed up pads that you drive yep. over so it's mm -hmm. kind of like that and then you can jump up into the trees and there are mushrooms that bounce you higher so it's stuff that feels integrated into a natural minecraft world but if you know what to look for then you can really get around quickly and I think that seems like a really useful thing if you're in a four-player situation and somebody's already rushing the base and you're trying to like keep up with that person, then they've, they've got ways of getting you around. I was also really interested in some of their philosophy with 
how you interact with the world. They described interacting with the world on a thought-by-thought -thought basis instead of a block-by-block -block basis, which I think is a really neat approach. They basically say you, you just think, oh, I need some wood right now, and then you send your LAs to do that rather than it having to be like a player breaking things down block-by-block -block and collecting all of the resources manually. It seemed like you had a fixed number of allays that you could send out to do certain tasks. So you can take down a couple of trees at a time and assign the allays to gather wood from those trees. And then once you've gathered all those resources, that's what you use to spawn the mobs in at dedicated spawn points. So it seems like it's a, an interesting balance of the resource gathering that we know from Minecraft with a couple of almost like quality of life things to speed it up so you're not having to do everything yourself. And then resource management from that point to try and get the units into play and that's going to be interesting as long as as you said the combat sort of clarifies itself as you're playing and you have room to be strategic without it just being like you spawn in a bunch of units and all of them take the melee approach they, they all rush into the center of battle crowd around a thing if you can micromanage a little bit more if there's that finer detail that strategy players will enjoy i can see people getting really into minecraft legends an example that I can draw from is like having all of your marine units on hotkey one, having all of your tank units on hotkey two, yeah. and then having your magic units on hotkey three. So like imagine creepers, zombies, and golems, and then you say, okay, creepers, you handle, go blow up the big guy, uh, golems, I want you on the structure, and then zombies take care of the riffraff, like, you, you know, infantry against infantry, like just keep, keep the infantry off of my key units so that they can do the job that I assign them. And if it's something like that, that's customizable. We saw hotbar swapping, like we saw them switch hotbars uh, live on the stream. Uh, and something that I liked about it is, is how fast the LAs were gathering, like, and, and the player didn't stop moving. It's not like you tell the LA to gather a tree and then you sit and wait for that tree to come down. It's like they, they said, LA gather the tree. They kept moving. They kept running, you know? Yeah. And so it, it feels like it's got that kind of remote uh, feel to it. So I, I'm guessing that it's going to be faster gameplay, right? Because you've got fast collection, fast units. The units did not appear to take very long. There wasn't a lot of build time. Now, those were the initial units. Build time on more powerful units could take longer. That's usually how these games go. Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 could be, it could be really interesting to see what those strategies are. Like, for example... Like if I've got a lot of resources for for uh, zombies and creepers, maybe I start with those. And if I can hold back the horde just long enough, maybe you are then off making a stone golem or something more powerful that mm -hmm. takes a little bit of time. But if I can hold off, you know, basically cover you, then you might be able to do something like that. The only thing that wasn't clear to me in the presentation, and again, I do need to go back and watch it again. They spent a lot of time focusing on the cuteness of the other animals, uh, badgers and ocelots and llamas and stuff. They mentioned llamas spit, but like the player was using a flag to kind of like rally the troops, quote unquote, to you. And there were all these cute animals. And then they got to the fight and the cute animals didn't do anything. They just, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why they brought them. And I'm not entirely sure what, what's going on there. Um, but yeah, I think that over i'm hoping they reveal more of that but it, it it seemed like they focused an awful lot on how cute and appealing these animals were and they showed no function which whatsoever so i'm not quite sure what that means like maybe they're low level melee like if you run into piglins in the wild just on their own that like you have to use the animals to fight but yeah, yeah i don't maybe. i can't i can't see them putting a badger and a pig up against the piglin like i you know because <laughs> the piglin in the in the short owned the rabbit the rabbit did not stand much of a chance yeah yeah 
in no, we're that not, interaction. We're right? not going to get pig versus piglin in the battle of the century. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the the other thing is like you could use those for secondary objectives, right? Like first of all, it's a nice straightforward way of getting a tutorial in there and saying like okay this is how True. you move units around without them being destructive units that you then have to use to fight stuff immediately so maybe that's just getting used to the mechanics but also you could have like you know whilst you're doing this campaign and this piglin base is expanding and you have to stop that you could get like a bonus objective that's like round up 20 pigs and bring them back to your camp or something like that they, they could maybe be something along those lines could be buffs and debuffs too yeah, exactly. Like, there's there's all sorts of reasons for it that they can they can only tell you so much in a short stage presentation. But they've also said that some of this stuff is going to be showcased in future episodes of their Minecraft Now YouTube series. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more, a little bit more in the Minecraft Legends dev diaries, and we'll be able to work with a lot more information in future. Minecraft Dungeons obviously got an update as well. Um, we don't really have too much to say about this one, I think. I, I still have this lingering affection for Dungeons, even though I haven't played it for close to a year now. I'm glad they're still developing new stuff for it, and hopefully the player base is having a great time. And I expect there are a lot of people who are more interested in vanilla Minecraft who will just kind of think, who cares? Uh, but they're also saying that about the Rascal, let's be real. So, like, I think there is probably still a lively, if fairly quiet, audience for Minecraft-themed arcade dungeon crawler, especially amongst families with growing kids. I've definitely heard a lot of, like, parents saying, like, oh, I still play Minecraft Dungeons with my kid. I hung out with some some family recently, have a couple of younger kids, and they were all into that. So I think it's, it's nice for them to have something that they can pick up and play, maybe do half an hour, an hour at a time, not have to get stuck into it for longer sessions like they do with, with vanilla Minecraft. And also multiplayer tower being announced is a big win for families who like to play together. Yeah, I've recommended Minecraft Dungeons to my friend Peyton. His son is into Minecraft, but he does a lot of like Minecraft mini games and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I would argue it's not the best game for adults that are, I mean, Peyton's an artist, so he's creative and I'm surprised that he doesn't like get Minecraft, but because of the way that his son plays Minecraft, it's all competitive and it's not a great game for PV, PVE in my, yeah. in my opinion or PVP. Um, but you, and Peyton is, is, you know, my age. So you know, classic kind of like Nintendo and 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 PlayStation kind of upbringing. Uh, not that he had a lot of access, but he certainly was more familiar with that kind of stuff. So in Minecraft Dungeons, it's in the du Minecraft world. So, you know, your kids are going to be probably happy with it. It's a fun game. But adults are going to be like, yeah, punch the zombies in the face, shoot the skeletons, don't get hit. Like it's a very straightforward approach to the game. It's deeper than that, obviously. But if you just want to spend time with the family, it's not hard to pick up. Like it's a pretty straightforward, straightforward game, which I like. It's also colorful and fun. And I, I play it from time to time on the Xbox just because it's a nice lean back, bright experience stuff satisfyingly explodes. You know, like I, I, I find that fun. I find progressing in the game challenging. I'm not I just I'm not good at it. And I find the hard boss battles to be a little bit frustrating. So like I tend to it, it hits a frustration point with me. Um, which is too bad because I really like the visuals of it. So I want to move on to like all the other expansions that I own, but I just haven't been able to beat that first boss in the original game. Yeah, it's about finding the time right now because most of the time yeah. we think mm -hmm. like, oh, we should be playing Minecraft, not Minecraft Dungeons. Yes, but, that's uh, it too. Yeah, hopefully people are having fun with that and we'll look forward to the uh, the Fauna Fair and the Halloween event. Um, briefly to recap the other stuff, I'm not the audience for the Bedrock DLC or the Block Bench stuff. I'm sure people are going to get a kick out of the Batman map. I said on the our live coverage that it looked more like the kind of the Joel Schumacher era of Batman. It's a lot more colorful and vibrant than kind of the grittier current DC movie stuff. It's a bit more Lego Batman, I guess, is is what they're 
they're drawing on. Um, and I also wanted to give an honourable mention to the uh, the Look Mum No Computer video from the Community Pre-Show. There's a longer version of that on YouTube, which I'll link in our show notes, in which uh, he's an electronic music artist. He assembles a keyboard and uh, samples a bunch of Lego pieces. He makes a custom step sequencer out of mechanical elements of Lego and then like rigs that all up to his sampler so that he can make music with it and, you know, throw some Minecraft sound effects in there. It's phenomenal seeing people do stuff like this because we're used to people making electronic music on, you know, digital audio workstations and building the entire thing on a computer and he's doing it all kind of live and and working with a sampler. Like it's it's really neat to see. So I I wanted to to encourage people to go and check that out if you haven't seen it already. It's a, a really fun look at how to make music. Well, you can move into some chunk mail. If you'd like to email the show, you can send that to spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. Keep them short, keep them sweet, and they have a better chance of being read on the show. First email is from Seanosaurus, a landscape artist member of our community. The subject is a paleontologist's thought on the sniffer. Good morning, Johnny and Joel. As a paleontologist, my mind has been racing ever since I saw the sniffer won the mob vote. While the sniffer digging up ancient plants would be great, cough, cough, magnolias, psychids i would really curious about what else the sniffer could do to reference to the science of paleontology in biology and paleontology there is a concept called evolutionary anachronism where something that exists today evolved because of a pressure that no longer exists for example avocado seeds are too large to be eaten by modern herbivores the seed is so large because it evolved to be digested by prehistoric elephants and ground sloths this got me thinking, what if the sniffer had its own ancient relationship with Minecraft's existing flora that we can now recreate in a modern day? The first plant I thought of would be a dead bush. The dead bush are dried up in the modern day in Minecraft, but what if you could feed the sniffer a dead bush and the sniffer could return a seed which players could create a living version of the dead bush? I'm not sure what that would be called. Living bush? The living undead dead bush. bush. Dead, yeah. the, undead, the undead bush? Nice. Uh, maybe this new bush could even get a too tall variant to easier make it renewable, uh, like tall ferns. This would also allow for some more color in the badlands and desert bases. What are y'all thoughts? Are there any other plants or mobs that you think the sniffer could inspire new mechanics behavior in? Shonosaurus was preoccupied with whether or not he could, that he never stopped to think if he should. Bonus points <laughs> for Jurassic Park quotes. You win today on the chunk mail. Uh, that Very was good. hilarious. Very yeah. good. And uh, why why am I not surprised that somebody with Saurus in the name is interested in paleontology and, and ancient history? Um, so if you want Minecraft's ancient history, and this is going back to actual stuff that was in Minecraft and has been removed, there were two plants which have been removed from the game in the past, kind of. Both were roses, and, and they were replaced by poppies when the rose bush was added in Java Minecraft 1.7.2 equivalent bedrock or pocket edition as it would have been back then because bedrock edition wasn't unified until much later so the distinction between the two types of rose here is that in pocket edition roses were blue in defiance of all poetic convention uh where roses are normally red violets are normally blue um the the reason apparently was quote-unquote because of hardware issues according to the minecraft wiki and there was basically this blue plant that didn't produce any dye it didn't do anything it was purely decorative and then later when poppies were introduced that unified all of the plants between java minecraft and uh pocket edition minecraft and, and console minecraft and then 
the rose was removed in favor of poppies so that blue rose vanished from the game along with the original red rose that we'd have in java minecraft to create red dye so i think it'd be a really fun easter egg if that decorative blue rose was added as one of the things that the sniffer can find because quite aside from it being a fictionalized you know this this sniffer hasn't really been an ancient mob in the sense that it used to be in minecraft and then died out it was it, they're adding it with the notion that this is minecraft's past but what if we actually take something that is strictly from minecraft's past and bring that decorative blue rose back because it didn't do anything before it doesn't have to do anything now it could just be another blue plant and a neat easter egg to people who've been playing for that long so my mind for ancient plants goes more creative I, I kind of want Mojang to approach this in the same way that they approach the mobs, you know? Uh, I, I would like it to be something completely unique that we've never seen and have not seen in our world, you know, on Earth. Uh, similar to drip leaf. I mean, it sort of looks like some plants you might see, but it's it's got a completely different look to it. Uh, I think that could be really fun. You can come up with some very unique looking flowers or fa fauna, plants, whatever, uh, maybe it's not just decorative, you know, like, I mean, I think they said that in the description that it would be just a decorative plant, but like, what if one of the ancient plants is carnivorous? Like, what if it's like a Venus flytrap or something? That could be uh, cool. Not that we have, yeah, not that we have flies to eat in Minecraft for it, but like, <laughs> but you know, like, what if it's a mob trap? Like, what if it doesn't necessarily kill, but maybe it ensnares, maybe you can use it as a base defense to keep zombies out. It just like, it, maybe it only eats zombies and it just traps them and just holds them until they burn up in the sun you know i just there could be all kinds of different things that they could do and i like the idea of having uh, a unique looking minecraft plant that that is so like unique to minecraft doesn't necessarily mimic anything in the game um but that would leave them open to communicating the things about paleontology that shonasaurus is interested in but without being completely tied to real life you know so you're yeah. not you wouldn't necessarily have paleontologists pushing up their glasses like, like that's not how that works. Or like, mm -hmm. okay, you got the theory right, but because this is a made-up item, then you can kind of go and twist it however way you want. Um, and I, and I like that. I like that idea a lot. One thing that I wasn't sure about did we did they indicate at all in any of the information that we received what the sniffer ate? Like in order, like can you only hatch it from an egg? Like so you can't breed them as far as we know, right? You can breed them, and that was confirmed in the Minecraft Live 2022 recap article. I don't think uh, they mentioned okay. it anywhere before this, but it does say, since the sniffer was once extinct, you are able to help it thrive in the overworld both by hatching its eggs and through breeding. But they don't clarify uh, okay. what exactly it eats, so it may be that it eats the existing plants and then sniffs up the new plants. But it's the only way of getting hold of the new plants, whereas... The rest of the flowers we have in Minecraft are already pretty renewable. Or maybe it eats the, like, maybe you have to feed it the decorative plant. So, like, you, maybe, like, you harvest the plant, you get two, you have to feed one to the the sniffer so it can sniff out more, and then you get to use the one that you've you've collected. That I mean, that could be interesting. I like the idea that you can breed them because that saves you, because if you wanted five or six sniffers, like, you'd have to go looking for ancient ruins forever. Uh, in order to get all the eggs and hatch them so it's cool that once you've got two eggs essentially you can probably breed um, yeah. the sniffer that's cool um i yeah i'm curious as to what what they might give it to eat whether it's going to be something as simple or um like they did with the camel give it get, have a block that is not used as much and i think maybe the dead bush is a decent example although from an 
art direction standpoint, it feels funny. The sniffer is very bright and colorful and feels like it would need something lush to eat. A dead bush I don't see as being like, this is exactly what the sniffer would want, you know? Yeah, I'm wondering because ocean ruin structures have chests in them already with various things. They have coal, they have fishing rods and stuff, occasional treasure maps, but they also have a lot of wheat in. So I'm wondering if if we're mm. going to have sniffer eggs added to it, it's sort of implying that the chests are full of wheat that they would have fed to these ancient, like, herding animals, effectively. And yeah. so they might just end up eating wheat, and then that's how you breed them, like, you know, the rest of the mobs in Minecraft. Would be kind of a shame, in a sense, because that's yeah. how we breed the other passive mobs, give or take, like sheep and cows, at least. And I yeah. think goats what, as well. And sea turtles, it's kelp, right? Uh, seagrass rather than seagrass. So, so that at least gates it behind getting shears so that you can uh, yeah. acquire the seagrass. Yeah, but I mean, kelp could be fun to feed because it looks kind of like mossy and, and weed covered, the, the mm, sniffer. Yeah, it so does. Like, I kind of feel like you want to feel like maybe it's maybe it's moss, like moss blocks or moss carpet. Like, I don't know. I feel like there could be something more uh, or cave vines. Like, I'm just trying to think about what what <laughs> you could it, eat. If it yeah. eats small drip leaf, I'm probably not going to breed too many of them, to be honest. Although <laughs> they did say yeah. decorative plants, which is what small drip leaf really is. It has the utility of growing into large drip leaf, but you can't mm. get small drip leaf any other way. So I'm wondering if that's another thing the sniffer could get you, is maybe it allows you to renewably harvest small drip leaf if you can plant seeds for it or something. Yeah, I hope for it's a I hope it's a new a new plant, not just like gives you seeds for a plant that's hard to get in Minecraft. I hope it's something something new. They have said plants plural as well, so I think True. there's gonna be some variety True. in there. Crossing fingers for variety, of course. Uh let's move on to our second email so that we can get to the discussion in a second. This one comes in from Kokoro Daki, who's a landscape artist member of our Discord, and the subject is Are Camels a sign? With camels being announced in Minecraft Live this year, I've gotten excited about potentially getting the features that were promised with the desert biome vote back in 2018, like meerkats and palm trees. Do you all think that might be happening in 1.20 as well? Or do you think camels may just be the only desert-related feature we get with this update? Either way, I'm excited for what was shown off for the 1.20 update. Also, funny story, years ago I used to play Minecraft with my father and two siblings. As much fun as we were having, we were never able to get my mother interested. I totally forgot until she mentioned it again when I was talking about the features mentioned in the Desert Vote, but she had told us at one point when we were trying to get her to play that she wouldn't play Minecraft until palm trees were added. She has a mild obsession with palm trees. Well, <laughs> again, crossing our fingers for you so that you can get your mum involved, because... Uh, yeah, very, uh, very funny that she'll she'll only agree to it if they add palm trees. I thought that was a funny kind of like I'm only gonna play that with pigs fly, and then yeah, exactly, like update right? one twenty, the flying pig update. It's like, <laughs> well, mom, guess what? Ten years later, I'm holding it to it. It's the flying camel update for certain with how they jump, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. Um, I'll also debate the subject line: Are camels a sign? No, hanging signs are a sign. Mm -hmm. Camels are a camelid. Um, but I, I would honestly love them to follow up with a desert biome update, but I'm not certain they're going to because I feel like that would have been something it was pretty easy to sell to players at Minecraft Live if they said, yes, we're definitely committing to the biome vote idea. I think that would be an easy win for them because if they announced that, they pretty much had the creative side of that done. They obviously wouldn't have modeled anything right away. Um, but they could have they've at least had the idea mocked up for a while and it might be easier to follow up with we have a new tree type we have a new um a new mob in the form of meerkats right um i think maybe the other thing was cactus they had flowering cactus 
in the desert biome as well. I, I could be wrong about that. That might have been cactus. Bad it was a flower. Uh, the flowering cactus was. I think the ca- the the desert was vultures. I thought Badlands was vultures. Either way, oh, um, it yeah. d- doesn't matter hugely here. But my, my point being, they've already mentioned that bamboo is getting a new wood type and two wood types would be not unprecedented because we had the two uh, warped and crimson happening from uh, from the nether update. But I'm kind of, I would be surprised if they added palm wood and bamboo at the same time and they'd be quite likely to have a fairly similar color as well. So not entirely certain about that. And also, I, I just think they would have announced it at Minecraft Live because... It's a concept players are familiar with, and we were looking for them to say, oh, we're bringing this thing back from a previous year's vote that didn't make the cut. Um, I also think that the theme of the update for 1.20 was kind of teased a little bit when Agnes talked about creativity, self-expression, and intrinsic motivation. And, you know, if your parent decides to express themselves through a love of palm trees, then that's one thing. But I've seen people in the YouTube comments talking about a potential name for the update, and somebody suggested... The one I can't get out of my head is that 1.20 should be named the Heritage Update. If the goal is to add materials and mobs from cultures which have been underrepresented in Minecraft until now. And that's really where camels came in, is that a lot of people are familiar with camels. They're, you know, very, you know, common in certain parts of the world. They would use for transport and travel and, you know, pack animals and that kind of thing. So uh, Nia was on, on stage, Ulraf was on stage talking about growing up around camels. And so that's obviously part of a lot of people's experience of, you know, their early life. And camels are sort of one of the things that are just around in the same way that if I travel around the UK, I'm likely to see sheep and cows and they're just kind of everywhere. Um, so I, I wonder if the other features that they teased with the the desert biome vote really fit into that concept for this update and whether it feels like you can really have that level of self-expression if they add meerkats to the game i'm, I'm not quite certain that's going to be the case the meerkats are there for the the lion king fans i think <laughs> if nothing else yeah i mean we can I, I guess transition to the main discussion with this but i i do wonder if one of the reasons they haven't named the update is because it isn't focusing on a single biome I, uh, I'm going to queue up something that you mentioned in our Discord about um, very specifically the overworld, quote unquote, being pointed out in their Minecraft.net article, the summary. Yes, yes. Uh, and I feel like it would be easy to have a name or a theme or a title and announce it if it was zoned in on a specific biome or warm biomes or like just in general and like that kind of a thing. But because they haven't done that yet, I kind of wonder whether part of the challenge of coming up with a name for the update is because they are kind of maybe sprinkling updates around the overworld. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if that would be an interesting and and well-received update in that you say, okay, well, we've got all this information from previous biome votes, from player feedback, from previous snapshots. And rather than just honing in on like, say the swamp or the desert, what if we took things that we want to update in the game and just sort of do it? And it's it it's one of those things that players will like it, but it's a hard sell. Like it's yeah. not as shiny, right? And so I'm I'm curious if that's kind of where they're going and why that they're having a bit of a challenge in in setting expectations for it. Because um, I think we've spoken about that before. Like there's a lot of player quality of life stuff that we'd like to see, but it's very difficult to package as a update air quotes yeah yeah for sure um i was wondering as as far as like the self-expression stuff if we'd end up seeing building materials that feel closer to 
other ancient or culturally important origins like things like mm. porcelain mosaics adobe other types of plant fibers that are used in building like thatch or whatever you know uh limestone marble that kind of stuff like th- materials that people are used to being an intrinsic part of their surroundings in places other than sort of central and northern europe uh so there's there's potential for all kinds of stuff like that there are some things that are you know analogs of that in minecraft already like glazed terracotta for stuff like porcelain and and mosaic and and whatnot but yeah we'll we'll see (laughs) we'll see what else is on the way in the meantime though we need to talk about minecraft 1.20 name to be determined um and i wanted to quote a couple of lady agnes's points here from from the minecraft live broadcast um these are edited down slightly but there's a full transcript of it in the youtube channel and of course there's uh the the entire stream that you can go back and watch it has subtitles and everything uh you know baked into it now so anybody who needs those can use those Uh, but agnes says in recent years we showed almost the full update and then we were just chasing it for the rest of the development process this year we think we'll have time to reiterate on the features together with the community of course and add features that we haven't shown today speaking about the minecraft live broadcast itself we have decided to not name it yet so for now we will call it the 1.20 update and it will be released in 2023 we do know what we want to achieve with the update and we have a vision we just want to be flexible enough so the community can be part of shaping it end quote so yeah that was lady agnes's overall thoughts when they were explaining what we heard from them initially in that minecraft.net article we covered a couple of weeks ago in episode 213 uh featuring features from now on in which they said they were only going to announce features which were near complete and were 100 percent going to be arriving in this update so that's the reason they ended up only announcing a couple of things um and i understand everybody who'd be disappointed that they only got to see four features of this update so far because we are used to minecraft live being nerd christmas and people feel like we've just been given the stocking stuffers instead of the big presents. So I would kind of like to take a look at the positives of this change because it's a big one, but I think it's one that is healthy for both the future of the game and the developer's relationship with the community. First of all, I don't know if you would agree, but I think all of the features they've announced so far seem pretty solid. Was Is that a fair assessment? I would say it's not only are they pretty solid, but I, I want to say that they're, and this is, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay this. It's not a negative thing, but they're fan service. Like you, you don't necessarily have to have a giant theme to, you know, what do players want? More blocks. Like they want more stuff to build with. More wood types. Yeah. More wood types, you know, like cool signs, like things that do things that do things that you want them to do in Minecraft now, but they don't. You know, like that that kind of a thing. It's I don't want to call it low hanging fruit, but like if you're low going hanging to announce, signs, maybe. Yeah, well, there you go. But like if you want, <laughs> if you want, but if you want to, without announcing anything massive, if you want to have players get interested, then new blocks, new building materials, new new stuff, without any kind of like new play experience, just new building materials is definitely always like yes, please give us new stuff. Like no one's gonna say. I don't want a new wood type. <laughs> like yeah. no one says that, you know? So, so I feel like that that's kind of a, a positive there in, in that it's again, one of those things that like from a marketing perspective, it's hard to be like, ta-da, bamboo and have everybody cheer. But you can, but when you, when you announce it and when people have a chance to 
think about it, they're like, they're, yeah, I'm excited for it. Like, I've, I've got lots of things I want to do with this new block already, yeah. and I've only seen it for two days. Not only do they get a chance to think about it and go, yeah, they get a chance to play with it almost immediately because this has allowed Mojang to post a snapshot right away. It might even happen this week. They did say on the stream, it's going to be a matter of days before we get our hands on these instead of months. So if it's not this week, it's almost guaranteed to be next week. Um, and it seemed like that the gameplay demo we saw of each of these features they were pretty much looking the way you'd expect them to look in a finished version so we we get to play around with this stuff in a snapshot right away and that means that upcoming snapshots if we start the snap snapshot development cycle basically right away we get more features announced potentially on a week-to-week -week basis when they're ready for players to have hands-on experience with new stuff they announce it they release it that week and we get to play with it and that expands into some other benefits, I think, which means we don't spend time waiting for features that never arrive, like fireflies and bundles. We don't hear about them and then never end up seeing them. And we're not left in the dark about, is that coming to the game or not? And having to wait for a Minecraft.net blog post to say, yeah, no, we've axed bundles. They're not appearing in Bedrock Edition and they're only in the code in Java. And we also don't end up projecting all of our expectations onto a feature in the meantime to then maybe be let down by it when we take a look at it in-game. Because I imagine the timescale between announcing a new feature and us getting our hands on it is going to be very small, if not immediate. Um, it also means people don't immediately mod them into the game. <laughs> because this happened with stuff like Skulk Sensors, right? Where we, were, we heard about them in 117, the Deep Dark got delayed and delayed... And we ended up with a lot of modders just trying to create what they thought that the Skulk Sensor was going to behave like. And then Mojang's implementation of it ends up being slightly different and people's expectations have been set. And they either get let down or they have to reorient those expectations afterwards. And so I think it's nice that we not only get the pleasant surprises of new features being announced weekly, but we also don't set our expectations incorrectly and, and have to realign them later. This brings me to something that might be a difference of opinion, but Lady Agnes was definitely hammering home the expectations thing. What I, I guess, didn't like about that was it really felt like Mojang was apologizing. Yeah. And it could just mm -hmm. be the way that she was delivering the lines. It could be just the, the very, very careful wording, like very rehearsed um, because of the clar clarity that was needed. And I feel like it's unfortunate that Mojang is in that position because it's not that they, I don't feel they made a mistake. I under, I feel like it's good that they're reading the room and realizing that this is the way that they have to move forward. Um, but I feel like it's the player base that have put them in this position, not a misstep by Mojang. And I think it's unfortunate. I think that it's too bad that the majority of the player base can't look at a screenshot of concept art and understand that it's development, that it may not make it. Even yeah. when they say, this is an idea, it may not make it. People just don't listen, don't read and assume. And then just, you know, the perpetual of, for the lack of a better word, fake news gets on Reddit and other channels and other, you know, and it's the way that it's a problem that happens with YouTube a lot because of the nature of people trying to get clicks and views on their YouTube the title of the YouTube might be like this coming to Minecraft. The content of the YouTube video might very clearly say this is just an idea. It might never get here. But that YouTube person has got a clickbaity thumbnail that sometimes people don't get past, right? Like they just, mm -hmm. they watch the first 30 seconds and then they just assume it's coming because this is a YouTuber that they perceive as an authority on the game. Um, 
And so stuff like that, I think, ends up putting Mojang in an unfortunate position. And I think that it's important. And we've talked about this, I think, during the live presentation that, you know, like you and I both being, uh, you know, considerable um, thoughtful adults know all of this. And it's very easy to assume that with our within our community, within our kind of zeitgeist of, of people we talk to about Minecraft, that we are all in the same boat. But you forget how, you know, quickly how different everyone thinks inside of this very large player base and so yeah. i it's an unfortunate reality i'm i'm disappointed that they have to backpedal so much i thought i knew they were gonna have to dial it back a bit i feel like they've dialed it back a lot and the benefits to us as you mentioned are going to be early access to snap to not early access but like snapshots coming out sooner with finished things that we can play with rather than waiting weeks or months to get a first snapshot with a lot of stuff in it. We're going to be seeing snapshots with some of this stuff sooner than later. That's good for us as podcasters. Like that's great. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the news cycle is going to be fantastic. It's going to have rather than you and I wondering like, how is this going to look, you know, uh, in the game, we can actually go in and test it and play with it and then provide constructive feedback on, oh, well, this is where it is and this is what it does and this is what it doesn't do and this is what it really should do, you know, because we've tried to play with it. And I think that that's important. Um, I just hope that there there's enough time for players to give constructive feedback and that they've taken a lot of time to very carefully explain that these are features that are we feel are solid and coming to the game but I feel like they, I feel like there's going to be more explanation of like, there is still time for feedback and that feedback has to not be, I don't like bamboo. It sucks. You know, like you, if you've got thoughts about stuff like that, I'm going to be encouraging players to like get, in, like you get in touch with the channels that they provide and, and give constructive feedback. It's like, this is close to this, or it could be better if, or, uh, I like it, but here's an idea. Like, I feel like there's just so much black and white on a lot of the stuff that it, it needs to have more um, constructive feedback. And I think that by having these things saying like, oh, these are coming, I think that there's going to be an assumption that they're coming as is, yeah. which is not the case. Like you're, we're going to see, we're very likely going to see things like texture changes. A good example, um, I think mangrove wood, was it that changed or was it mud yes. bricks? One of yeah. them. One of them or both of them changed considerably before they were added to the game. I think Mangrove was a lot brighter. Yeah, yeah, um, Mangrove Mangro was that kind of like purpley beet red kind of color, I think, for a while. And yeah, yeah. Then, or, or it was like it was somewhere in between uh, Jungle and Acacia, I think, for the for the initial version of it. And then they changed it to that redder Mangrove wood later. So yeah, the, there's there's a lot of tweaking that can still happen. I think the way I've been thinking about this is that people were talking about how the the point of minecraft live is to build hype for the update right and and it seemed like they didn't do that but i think people are misunderstanding that i think this is giving mojang the opportunity to build hype instead of having to live up to hype and i think that's a really important distinction um like it, for the first time in a while the hype is actually going to build because the features of the update are going to build and we're going to effectively assemble an update like a a lego set in front of us and then see all of the pieces together instead of being given all of the pieces beforehand and then you know maybe a couple of them be missing from the box once we get it i don't know there's the analogy falls apart at that stage but i think it's it's really important that this is giving mojang the opportunity to actually build hype in an organic way instead of throwing everything at us initially and then 
as Lady Agnes was saying, chase it the entire time and feel like they have to live up to everything that they've promised. And I think they do that with adding this basic stuff into Minecraft Live because while it is on the surface pretty straightforward, it does get you thinking about what other potential this update has. Yeah. And and what we've seen so far, while it doesn't necessarily look like a cohesive update that kind of points in a specific direction, I think there's there's some interesting stuff. I think bamboo and camels are probably the two things that feel most aligned with the ideas of global self-expression and including cultures from around the world. But if we take a look at some of the other stuff, it it's about self-expression within the game itself. And I think hanging signs are a great place to start with that because... This is something that we talked about, like we were joking live that we called it on last week's show because we were responding to an email saying, oh, what mechanics would we combine? And you were like, I'd love to put a sign on the underside of something. And then bam, <laughs> next week here it was. Um, so I, I like the design of these. I think being able to hang them from the sides of buildings, you see that in like, you know, old school RPGs where the inn sign is like hanging out the front of the shop or, you know, the, the armor and the weapons is bought from the shops that have the sword and the shield and... Um, I think that kind of stuff is really great and being able to hang those signs from the sides of buildings from underneath different blocks and they attach differently depending on what block you're dangling them from I think that's really great I'm looking forward to getting hands-on experience with those and seeing how they combine with other types of blocks and where the 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 different orientations of the signs will work best the the hanging sign for me is exciting because I mean, I mean, as someone that's been working in a medieval town for two years and really wanting to try and make things look authentic, but then the signs don't do what you want them to. Um, this, I mean, it looks great. You know, like the, the ability to hang the signs sideways under things. Um, the fact also, I think from an art direction standpoint that they're thicker, like they're mm -hmm. a, a couple of pixels thicker than a, a normal sign. I've always felt that Minecraft signs look a little out of place. Like they kind of look like something from a different game, you know, or like when you see those mods where the, the the pixel resolution of something added is too tiny, like it's too fine detail. I feel like signs in Minecraft have just, a, they touch that line of like being a little bit too thin. And and I like the idea that the new ones are, are thicker. And you pointed out actually live that there's not as much real estate to type on them because yeah, they're, a like small, they're a smaller block. The, the word something was written on one of the signs and that's a nine letter word and it filled the entirety of the sign whereas i don't know what the character limit is obviously it varies depending on the character width i think for the signs we have right now but it seemed like you could fit less text on them so they're they're big and chunky and potentially you have to be a little bit more measured with how much text you're going to put on there and i'm curious about how they're going to handle the text on one or both sides like if you put in my base to the left on one side if that is mirrored on the other side that's going to be a problem because when someone's coming from that other direction the base is going to be to the right yeah yeah and, if, if it's and, not rotated in mm -hmm. some way yeah and i feel like the other thing is that you you maybe want to have you know uh something on one side of the sign and something on the other maybe you want it to be blank you know, and I feel like if you typed one thing on one side and it was mirrored, that could be something you want. That could be something you don't want. And so I'm curious if the sign UI is going to be different for hanging signs. And if that's the case, will that also change for signs to be a little bit more um, familiar across the UI? So there are some things here that I'm looking at, like, I don't know how you do this with the current way we interact with signs in game. And I'm hoping that it's just going to be something as simple as like, hey, 
let's just put like a front and a back, you know, type um, sign up on the screen and players can type what they want on the front and the back. And I think that's fine. Or, um, or they or they could just end up being one-sided signs like the current ones are, which I think would be a shame considering mm-hmm. that they're, they're hanging from the front of a shop and you can only have the text on one side. One so. side. Yep. I agree. I think that would be, I don't, I think that would be a, a, it's something that I find happens a lot and I'll get into this a little bit later in our discussion, but I find that a lot of times new things are added to Minecraft and they get about 80% of the way there. <laughs> like they almost get there and you're like, God, ah, but you could have put it on both sides or, you know, like, or lanterns, for example. And I get excited when I see the hanging signs because that's what I want lanterns to do. And they don't do that now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if they've decided to do this with signs, you kind of immediately look at lanterns and it's like, but why not? Like, why not lanterns too? And I feel like that hopefully it's something that, I mean, I can't be the only one that sees this, you know, out of the millions of players and the many developers that work on the game. So I'm hoping that that we'll see, like I said, that kind of trickling of like, look, it's not going to be any one massive thing, but I think that there's going to be a, a quite a few little things in this game that again are hard to sell in a big marketing theme, but are going to be very welcomed by players. And and I'm hoping for that. I'm crossing my fingers. But we know that the signs are coming, and I think that they're going to be very useful and very fun. Um, I'm just hoping that they really come through on all of the UI stuff and all of the it, they they could be potentially frustrating if they're not done right. Um, but I like that they come in all the different colors. Uh, interesting that they take stripped wood to make instead of planks. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, we didn't see any bamboo signs that I we did. noticed. We did, though. Oh, did I, we? I oh, did actually we? went okay. back to look at this because I was thinking, wait, if they're made using stripped logs, I had to go back and clarify that because I didn't catch it live. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was like, we don't have bamboo hanging signs then because we don't think we have stripped logs. But if you go back to the footage where they're using them as like uh, decoration and they've got a bunch of them strung along between two buildings and they're hanging oh, yes. down. Mm-hmm. A couple of those have a different texture that looks like the same color and a little bit of bamboo texture in there. They look different okay. from the birch and oak signs that you can see elsewhere. And it's definitely that wood color. So my question is, how do we craft those <laughs> if bamboo right. doesn't have doesn't strip logs? Strip logs, yeah. Maybe it's the mosaic thing. Maybe maybe the because that's oh, what I kind be. of because that's what I kind of looked at because I looked at the mosaics like well why, why did they give bamboo a mosaic block? Everybody's gonna be like well why can't I get a birch or a spruce mosaic block? And I think oh I bet you you can't get stripped bamboo because yeah bam- I don't think you can strip bamboo like you know I've, whenever I've seen it it's always been like as a whole you can strip it in pieces but I, I've never seen it like shaved down in the same way that you can remove a bark from a tree yeah um so so yeah i think that that's that that could be it um but yeah that's cool that you can make them with bamboo signs i mean it makes sense like they've got to come through on on the rest of the bamboo stuff my other thought was that maybe you can edit signs in game and i think that sandy in our live chat had the exact same thing the thing that immediately has me draw back from that is that how do you make sure that only one player can edit that sign? Yeah, you right? can't lock them or whatever so that nobody can come along and just change something on your sign to Joel right. smells or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you, well, this is an audio only podcast. What are you saying? Um, yeah. The, like the we, sniffer. The sniffer is going to find out whether or not. <laughs> never mind. Don't, don't worry about it, guys. Move on. Yeah. I, so, so immediately I ran into a block there. So, that, and that's why I think the, the most elegant solution would just be like, look, when we edit a sign now in the game, we get one sign put two up front back you know like that that really wouldn't be very hard this the parts that's the front is the front part that's facing you when you enter the sign like i think that could be pretty straightforward you know you put the sign down you have an option to edit it or not edit it you know depending on what you want to do 
Um, but uh, I, I'm curious to see what we could do with hanging signs with um, glow ink. They showcased a little bit, because but it was meant to just like, it's just words. It's just meant to be a glowing sign. For visibility, yeah. Yeah, but people use glowing for patterns and different ideas. Like think about hanging a bunch of hanging signs across the front of a starship design and having it all be the same strip of like red glow ink. And you've got this neon strip that goes around your sh your ship as best as you can in Minecraft. That could look very cool. Yeah. Yeah, really could. Like, I, I expect, like, cyberpunk hotel signs and that kind of stuff mm, could be mm -hmm. very easy to do with that. I've just dropped a picture in our live chat so people can compare the different types of signs. And, yeah, I do think one of them is definitely bamboo. Um, right, oh, let's, yes. let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the rest of the bamboo crafting stuff because um, I think bamboo as a wood type seems pretty usable and it seems like a, a, a no-brainer now that they've done it. And you pointed out something really interesting about this is that some of the crafting recipes in Minecraft are wood agnostic. It doesn't matter which type of wood, what combination of wood you make. If you put eight blocks in a square in your crafting table, you get a chest. And so being able to just farm bamboo with like an automated bamboo farm or whatever, you could then craft that into blocks, which you can then craft into chests and you skip having to make an automatic tree farm for like large quantities of bulk wood because you just have to have one of those like spam bone meal and piston push all of the bamboo type of farms and then you've got a bunch of wood as long as you need just the bamboo type of wood right there's some really interesting mechanical implications to bamboo having its own wood type quite aside from the fact that it's a new block a new block palette the it, it kind of fills out that saturated yellow color niche which is currently occupied by things like sponge and yellow terracotta I think there's there's a lot of potential here that people may not have considered at first glance. I mean, I think that the trickle down effects too might be just like, you know, there's a there's a, a frequent debate about like TNT duping when someone needs a lot of trees to make chests and hoppers and things like that. And if you have this option, then you don't need that big tree farm. You don't need to have that, you know, debate about having TNT duping on a server. Like you could just like, look, you know, just get bamboo. It'll get you the same thing for a lot easier. Um, and something that I also really like about that is that in real life, bamboo is a much more ecological friendly resource mm, yeah. than normal trees, right? So true to the Minecraft education to like in Minecraft environmentalism, which they're pushing with like the mangrove swamps and preservation and stuff like that. And I, and I feel like this tracks, like having bamboo as a renewable wood source tracks because there are millions of people on the planet that use it for building material and a renewable resource. Um, and it's far better than, um, than wood. I've, I've got, I think I have a pair of pants that have bamboo in them. <laughs> like, like tree it, fibers and renewable yeah, kind of no, stuff. Yeah, totally. yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, I'm all down for, you know, all the new like trap doors and doors and things like that. I do go back to that whole, like, I really hope that, you know, we see some texture iterations over time because, Again, on the surface in the videos, I find it very yellow. I find it very green. And I think players are going to want to combine it with things like sandstone, birch, and oak. And I don't think it's going to match. I think it's going to be a, a, a like, ah, oh, it's so close, but it's just too yellow. It's like it's like getting endstone and thinking like, yeah, this will look great with sandstone. You get it home, you're like, nope, nope, mm -hmm. it doesn't. And, and, I feel, and I feel like that's kind of one of those things where they're going to get close to it and, and it might not quite be what players want. So... I'm hoping that during the development process, during the snapshot process, there's room for 
that kind of feedback. It's like, look, it's it's just it's so close to this. You know, if it could just be a little bit this way or the other way, then it, it could match more blocks. And I'm not saying that, you know, you have to eliminate matching with yellow blocks. But if that's the case, then it should match very well and be a very kind of like intentional thing. But I find that often when they add new textures in Minecraft, there's things that like get some like halfway to where they're supposed to go and they don't quite get there or they're too true to reality and it doesn't work. Uh, I mean, like I've had a custom hay bale texture on the Citadel for ages because native hay bale textures in vanilla Minecraft looks like snot and mm. it doesn't go with anything that you would think wheat. You know, when you look at the wheat item and the bread items in game, it looks nothing. There's no green, you know, and maybe that's true of wheat in the real world. But like Minecraft has got that cartoony twist. And I, I feel like if they take the time with this update to when they add new things, also consider like how it all jives together from a a color balance perspective and a color harmony perspective, then I think it'll be a much more successful addition. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to get hands-on experience with it and start building oh, with it before true. I can yeah. really make yeah, that yeah, assessment. Yeah. And I think the main reason for that being, while I love the trap doors at first sight and the doors look really cool as well, they did build the entire house in their demonstration clips out of bamboo. So you don't really get to see it in contrast with anything else or complementing mm -hmm. anything else. You, you end up yeah. with this sort of overload, which I think is going to be a little bit easier to digest once you can start pairing it with materials in your world and i'm now on this train of like using certain types of blocks just for shading for looking at stuff at a distance rather than close up small house builds so i feel like even if it's a more saturated yellowy color i can still use that and try and incorporate it into other things try and ignore the texture of the individual blocks a little bit and focus on the bigger picture so there are yeah. ways of using that stuff even if it seems a little out of place initially <laughs> And it's all subjective. I mean, they showed off yeah. an image of of uh, a mangrove roof and a bamboo constructed like cabin or hut uh, stick uh, on bamboo fence posts like in the swamp. And they were like, look how amazing this looks. And I'm just like, what are you looking at? Because <laughs> I don't think that looks very good at all. It looks amazing. <laughs> if, if your idea of an amazing build is like a witch hut, like a default witch hut, <laughs> it was kind yeah. of uh, along those no. lines. But like they, they clearly... the colors were just like, Bleh. yeah, they, they clearly want to have people take their own blocks and run with them and not, you know, they can't really showcase a block by using it the way more experienced builders would use it and put it in like as part of a gradient because then it just blends in and we don't know what we're looking at so yeah it, it makes sense that we'll we'll spend a little bit more time playing around with bamboo once we get hold of it which will hopefully as we said be very very soon uh mosaic bamboo also a fun way of giving it a unique block we you know mentioned that potentially being part of the hanging sign recipe but i think it's just a cool way of having like um it's not quite parquet floor but it's like that where the the blocks are kind of at right angles to each other i immediately see people building you know floors with that in stately homes and things so yeah. there's, there's potential for that to be included in a big way something that someone mentioned either in our live coverage or in our discord i can't remember which but it was uh another use for the trapdoors is that when you need to make a lot of trapdoors for a big technical build uh like say a creeper farm where you've got to reduce the ceiling height so that only creepers spawn like I've got a custom recipe for trapdoors on the Citadel and they're a lot cheaper, but in vanilla Minecraft, they're not cheap at all. And if you can get bamboo much faster, then it means you can make trapdoors much faster. If you don't need them for just decorative, if they're just going to be in a dark room somewhere, then you can get them a lot easier now too. 
Yeah, bamboo farm. Easy. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, I also like the, the the raft. Let's talk about the raft. They kind of showcased that as though it was a separate feature, but I'm going to lump it in with like the bamboo crafting umbrella that we're talking about. It doesn't seem to have any different functionality than just boats. It's like a retextured boat, probably even has the same hitbox, but I like it for flavor. I think it's a really neat addition. And I was talking about this live. We have this problem right now where if you find a mob in a boat if like a turtle gets in a boat whilst you're down like on the shoreline it looks kind of awkward like the scale of the mob versus the scale of the boat it like sticks out the sides it clips through the boat model in weird ways there are a lot of ways in which having a mob on a raft looks very different to having a mob in a boat and i think that could be a really interesting selling point for the raft in particular you can also see it used in interior decoration if you want to have like you know almost like rush mats um made of bamboo or something like that you could put a boat in there and ignore the fact that it had oars i suppose um but i think even in in is it in bedrock edition they don't have i mean in bedrock edition you have to craft it with a shovel to get the same uh like to get to get a boat so i'm, I'm maybe misremembering that but i sort of like the fact that it's got a different shape to it and that they're considering doing that with newer wood types like like bamboo i think that's a, a fun idea i i mean i I'm, i don't have any argument against the raft uh i i don't really use boats or rafts that much in minecraft yeah. even for decoration i guess i did a little bit in a recent um build in, in the this fishing village near west hill but like i the the raft itself like again for me it's it's just it it's so different in terms of its look like you put it next to a wooden wharf or a, or a bunch of wooden boats and it's going to stand out pretty oddly um and again for flavor of going through the jungle cool but i i, I don't see myself using one outside of a, a very specific situation um i can appreciate though that they wanted to go with something that was not just the same boat design as everything else because yeah. of the it, it i've got a funny feeling that it might have been just like the texture might have looked a little bit too busy uh -huh. or it might have yeah. looked a little bit funny in in the form of a, of a regular boat model that's just strapped with the bamboo texture like it might not have looked right uh because of the long kind of like strapped together much what do you call a bamboo log it's not a log it's like a bamboo shoot bamboo shoot um like you strap those together to make your raft and it, it just it looks a little bit more feasible and i like that actually about um some crafting recipes in minecraft where like you craft a thing out of a source block and it looks like a it the the, the new thing looks like it has the source block in it and i, I like it when they do that mm -hmm. uh that, that that's always a fun a fun feature so um yeah i i it makes you wonder whether any other boats will ever get a change you know whether all the boats are just going to look the same no matter what wood type you make them out of or whether you'll end up with with variants but like and and that doesn't change the number of things in, in the inventory. It just means that it might look a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's there's just like the opportunity to use them for flavor and it sets a precedent for if they add more wood types in future, maybe those have different looking boats too. You know, we can mm -hmm. can start to diversify some of that stuff a little bit and give it more more personality, more interesting aesthetics. Um, speaking of aesthetics, let's talk about chiseled bookshelves. Um, first of all, I think the name is odd with these because we chisel things like stone and quartz but this would be the first chiseled wood block unless i'm forgetting anything but i think carved feels more appropriate for wood carpentry than chiseled because i feel like a chisel is something you use on stone type materials and the weirdness of that is compounded by the fact that other chiseled blocks 
are crafted by combining two slabs in a crafting interface or by using a stone cutter. And we haven't had a confirmed crafting recipe for chiseled bookshelves, but considering the recipe for regular bookshelves is, you know, six planks and the books in the in the middle, I wonder how you're going to craft a chiseled bookshelf to begin with, because it's sure as heck not going to be using a chisel, and we don't have anything like a stone cutter for making stuff out of wood. So unless they add one of those later in the development of 1.20, I think chiseled still feels like a weird word to use. I think it's mainly just for the the more intricate design on the top and side faces of them. Yeah, I I agree. And and I I it does feel strange because it's not intuitive as to how you might might build it. And it also doesn't necessarily have it like they had they showcase that you can interact with it, but it doesn't like the name doesn't say that you can interact with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't telegraph that. Well, it doesn't have an interface. That's as far as we know. Yeah. Um, what we saw was just them loading books in and out of the bookshelf or the chisel bookshelf, excuse me, by clicking on it with a book in your hand. And um, I, the thing that struck me there after some thought about it was, I mean, they look cool. Don't get me wrong. I like the texture. Uh, I like the chunkiness of the books. Again, back to my comment about the signs, hanging signs being chunkier. I like the chunkier books. They they feel more Minecrafty than the current bookshelves that have a lot of a lot of smaller books on it. And because of the low resolution of the Minecraft textures, they don't always sell that. Whereas this, they really feel like those leather bound, gold inlaid, you know, ribbon, you know, wrapped kind of tomes that you'd mm -hmm. see in like a fantasy kind of situation. Um, and, uh, and notably they don't touch one another. Like when you put all six books in there, I don't think they actually touch one another. They're kind yeah. of apart from one another, probably for clarity that you can see it's either one through six that are in there. Yes. Um, and I'm not really sure, um, to, uh, an email that we talked about a, a week or two ago about the longevity of this mechanic. Cause like, sure, here's a full meter block system that you can use to decorate and store your bull books. It stores six and there's no UI, which means it's first in last out. So if you put an important book in first and you fill it up and you want that important book back, guess what? You have to unload all six books into your inventory, which you can't do because your inventory is full as you're decorating your, your build. So I can see players being like, this looks cool, but I'm not using it for much, <laughs> you know, uh, in the long run. Like it's going to be a novelty for a bit, I feel, unless they give it some sort of UI. Because like if I'm organizing my my enchanted books, I'm putting them in a chest where I can hover over them, look at the look at the name, look at the enchantment and pick them out one at a time in a chest that takes up the same amount of space that holds what? <laughs> Four times the amount. Mm -hmm. So so, yeah, like I, I, I like the look of them. I like the idea. I think the comparator I, concept is great. They showcase the secret bookshelf um uh door that everybody immediately jumped to uh when they saw that they had an inventory and it could be read by a comparator i think that's very cool uh also nice tweak tweak there is that it doesn't have to be a door you might have a mob farm or something really you know unique in your base and you've you've decorated your base very well and you don't want to have a button or a lever on the wall you can use a bookshelf instead yeah. And I think that's really subtle and really clever. So there are a lot of, of ups to it, but I'm a little bit on the on the fence about like, well, how often are you really going to use this to store your books? I think it's I think people are going to be filling it with just flat regular books to decorate how they want. And then their enchanted books and other books are just going to be in other chests as they always have. 
I'm going to so... throw a couple of scenarios at you here. Um, mm -hmm. First of all, multiplayer server enchanted bookshop usually pretty popular because people want to come in and buy mending books on breaking books and then like you've got a ton of villagers working behind the scenes getting specific books for them right i think it is cooler and more immersive on situations like that to go in see a sign that says say aqua affinity and then a bookshelf immediately below that with six books in you take one out it's an aqua affinity book and then sure. there are very clearly at a glance five aqua affinity books left instead of you having to click your way through all the chests and open up all the guis i think there's there's potential for stuff like that also they have said that it interacts with redstone in the sense of comparators being able to read it but does it also interact with hoppers so could you refill it from behind the scenes and have a hopper load the block up with enchanted books because if you think about it this way it doesn't have a gui in the sense that like a chest does for example but if you right click on it you're not necessarily taking out books from a specific slot right we talked through this on the the live stream and it seemed like regardless of where on the block you click you're not taking out the book from the top left first it's always like it fills top to bottom left to right the first shelf fills up left to right the second shelf fills up left to right and when you remove a book you're removing the last one that gets put in each time so it's fairly feasible that those could be loaded up with hoppers at which point you can have them loaded from chests behind the scenes and automatically restock those shelves. And I feel like people can do their shopping by just going around and going click, 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 and it's like four clicks and you're done instead of having to open and close inventories for chests. Mm -hmm. I, I like that as an idea. And I think while it would be kind of cool if it reacted to, like which area of the block you were looking at to take out one block one book i think that could be kind of finicky for target detection it'd be kind of difficult for console and mobile users potentially um so so i don't think that functionality is on the table but i think there's there's still a lot you can do with it if you expand its redstone capability to say okay this is still technically something with an inventory that you can <clears throat> fill up using a hopper or something like that uh, yeah and that's very cool uh but for decoration purposes, it means that you're limited to if you want the, the bookshelf to be half full, it's always going to be the top half full. You can't have the bottom half full. Yeah, this, this is shelf. true. Yeah. And, you know, and so there are limits like that. I think that's where just having a variety of them comes in. And I've seen a few people wanting there to be some variation in the texture. Like if you could, you know, have a couple of different textures of them, then the books wouldn't all end up looking the same. And that's stuff that I think is probably just down to the limitations of what we can do with minecraft textures in general or what the team wants yeah. to do with vanilla minecraft textures so that's a bit of a shame like you couldn't color code the books to be like all the red ones are going to be fire protection all the blue ones are going to be projectile or something like that it's it's a shame that it can't reach that far but i think it's it's still got a lot of like neat potential for behind the scenes stuff that you could do with it i think it's going to be great for adventure maps and escape rooms and all of the kind of obvious stuff but i i think it's still going to feel more tactile and fun to use i think than than i'm than i was expecting it to at first glance um do beyond... you think that we'll be able to make it out of other wood types i expect so because you make regular bookshelves out of every wood type and it okay, doesn't sorry i mean i mean is it will, it, texture... will the texture will the texture represent an acacia bookshelf versus i, a... I doubt oh. that I, I'm I'm strongly doubting that right now because like they don't do that with regular bookshelves. So like we have to use existing bookshelves as the precedent for these. And right now they've showcased the oak 
color and i i'm pretty sure that's the the color we're getting um which is in a way is a shame because i would really like that top texture in like a dark oak i feel like having a carved dark oak block like that would look really cool but in the meantime this looks like um the the block they paired it with was actually beehives in the floor um with crafted beehives so i think that's a really neat comparison and they've obviously got a different side texture and a different top texture so there's a lot of variety that can be thrown in there and you've got looms that you can still use as empty shelves if you want a bit more variety in your library as well. So I think there's there's ways that libraries can look very different with all of these new but potential like six or seven different states of this chiseled bookshelf block. How do you feel about camels? I think camels are probably the feature out of these that I would use the least, and it's mostly because I don't use ground-based transport all that much, and I, I, I'm used to playing at endgame where I'm flying around. So I think as far as a transport option generally, then most players aren't going to worry about them. But I think they've done a good job making them distinct from horses in that I think one of the main benefits is that two players can ride them. And that's fun especially for collaborative stuff for for playing together at home ca couch co-op um i like the idea that you could do like two player versus two player camel pvp where they had one player on the back <laughs> shooting the bow and being able to point in whatever direction uh whilst the you know you're also doing a race at the same time um and it seemed like the movement mechanics while they're a little bit slower moving side to side they can sprint, they pick up a bit of speed over land, and then the dash allows you to kind of boost yourself over ravines, rivers, and, and that kind of stuff. Although, when Ulraf said it clear rivers, I'm not sure he's seen the rivers in 118+, plus recently, because there are some pretty wide rivers these days. Um, <laughs> te technically, the whole area around my Great Bridge in Empire's SMP is a river. I don't think a camel's going to be jumping that. It's about 400 blocks wide. But uh, I think maybe if I start high enough <laughs> and and use a slow-falling potion. But... Um, yeah, I think I think camels have the potential for some fun niche, maybe minigame uses in the kind of Minecraft that I play, but it's going to be fun for people who like to just, you know, mess around, play Minecraft a bit more casually. I think they'll they'll have a lot of fun with camels. And I think early game, you know, it's a great mount for early game. If you end up spawning in the desert and you don't have any horses nearby, it's nice not to have to go travel miles and miles and miles just to find a faster land mount. And and the food um, is easier to get because they apparently breed yep. using cactus. So breed using cactus. No, no and, golden apples, no golden carrots required for that. No, and they um, they get you high enough that uh, ground mobs that are melee can't reach you. So in the desert where early game, you can get in a lot of trouble uh, early on. If you are on a camel, you can safely navigate without the, the zombies being able to punch you or the husks yes. being able to punch you, which again, cool, again, and separated them from, from horses. So from a functionality standpoint, I think that's really cool. Um, I'm surprised, or at least we didn't see or hear anything about it, but you can't, as far as I know, put any kind of like saddlebags on them. Like you can't. Yeah yet because that's what the camels are used for it a lot of the time is, yeah, is like they, caravans right they made no mention of them being pack animals at all i, I think yeah. probably because we've got llamas for that and llamas if you want to that yeah. you, you want to bring a like a you're riding a camel but you have a trail of llamas and uh, when you leap over the ravine i'm imagining this kind of like paper trail of, of llamas kind of mm. gymnastics ribbon style following you I, I doubt that'd be the case yeah. um you'd probably just end up dropping a bunch of them into the ravine but it's a 
yeah, it, it, it seems like an oversight because camels are obviously pack animals in the real world, but I think you already get that from donkeys, mules, and llamas, and yeah. the chest boat, and whatever else. I think it's... um. It's just the kind of thing that they didn't want to do it because it didn't really feel like a selling point for the animal at that stage. And this could just be a a, a a Hollywood thing or whatever. But whenever I've seen camels, it's usually been in movies. And because it's a the movie, it's got some sort of theme. They're very often got like blankets or some other sort of like dressing on them. And yeah. I, I kind of wonder if they could add like I know I know we already have that with llamas where you can kind of like add them add wool to them and they get like a different kind of like. Um, shawl or whatever you want to call it that goes over them and i think that could be kind of cool to customize your camels like i mean they are obviously inserted in the game for like an rpg uh uh um what's the word? a representation kind of situation where like mm -hmm. people that grew up around camels now get to see camels in minecraft and i think that it would be cool if they add them uh, add a little bit more customizable features to them so that you can have your blue and yellow you know clad camel sitting on the hill next to your desert village that you've built that could be very very fun um and the the issue and this could be a very unpopular opinion um that i find really took me out of it and this is probably just my history as an animator and, and as an artist i really think they look kind of silly and they the fact that they don't have knees in the way that they move around feels really odd to me mm. it took me it took me out of the game of like suspension of disbelief and just like wow that like the camel sitting down without bending a knee and the and the way that they run and the dash attack like their legs spin behind them like a helicopter yeah. <laughs> and i understand and they i say this all yeah. yeah and i say this all knowing it's a work in progress like i know it's not final it's not out yet it's going to be in snapshots that's not the final thing i get it but i i really it really does not feel like it matches um what is possible in minecraft like we talked just prior to seeing the you know, Minecraft live, we talked about how cool the frog walk animation is. And despite mm. the limited geometry of a frog in Minecraft, it still really works. And they didn't really get that with the camel. And I feel like it's one of those things. I, there must be some unwritten rule about knees in Minecraft, but like camels have huge knees and they have long <laughs> lanky legs that they have to bend very peculiar, like in a very peculiar way to stand up and sit down and doing that like i mean i mean anybody in real world try to sit down without bending your knees see how it goes mm -hmm. just see how awkward it is and i and i feel like again I'm, i know i'm being picky here and it's probably just a very joel subjective thing but I, it really pulled me out of it how strange they look and it, I think the problem there for me is that it pulls me back to like 2012 Minecraft. Like that is what I ex I would have expected if I had played Minecraft 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Whereas now for better or for worse, my expectations are higher. Yeah, yeah. And they they have certain style guidelines that I know they follow behind the scenes, but th there is still also room for a little more realism in camels beyond just that because I I saw a great YouTube comment which pointed out the camel's current walk animation is similar to horses. They move their front left leg and their back right leg at the same time, which in real life camels don't do. If you look at a camel walking, they walk like giraffes where they move both their left legs, then both their right legs. And they have knees that face forward like human beings do. So right. 
like that there is potential there for even if they don't add any knee joints to the camel's legs they can still make the walk cycle a little more realistic to real life and i wonder if they've done that in development and it looked weird because they don't have knees or you know for whatever reason it just didn't work with the blockier model of the camel it's difficult to say but i am curious to see if they either mention that during development or if it's something the community can provide some feedback on and you know folks who know and spend more time around camels can can weigh in on on how realistic that appears but yeah overall i'm i'm curious to see what the community does with camels because it's fun to go out and find reasons to use these things even if you wouldn't use them for the practical side of your survival experience but i think having the two-player aspect to them having the dash aspect to them we have yet to see whether they'll outpace a horse in certain conditions. I think there's a good opportunity for like some fun racing mini games and two player challenges and stuff like that. For me overall, I think that while it's a seemingly small um, kind of on the reveal update from Minecraft Live, I, I think that what we're seeing so far is going to be very good for players. It's just hard to sell. It's hard yeah. to package at this point because I don't think we've seen the package. I don't think we've seen the big marketing tag or the, you know, well, I, I know we haven't. Um, so I think that that's something that will be interesting to see how the community responds to all of this. I mean, they've been very clear that they have a theme, they have an idea, but they're not ready to reveal it yet. So that's good. Um, and it means that the players can say like, okay, well, there is something coming. We just don't know what it is yet. This is not everything. So that's good. Um, for me, uh, I wonder, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, things like the hanging signs and the bamboo woodblock additions, those are just two new things. Like to list them on the piece of paper, it's bamboo is a woodblock and hanging signs. The number of items and buildable things that that adds to the game is quite a lot. And there was no mention in in the presentation about any kind of UI update. And it's it's similar to any time we've ever mentioned a new wood type or every, every time we mentioned a new stone type. You just kind of immediately go slabs, stairs, walls, like cracked versions, chiseled versions. Like it just, it adds up very, very quickly. So I am wondering because of the sort of utility, I guess, of the presentation in terms of like, you know, Campbell's have got some RPG, but you know, it, the... The stuff that they're announcing with like rafts and bamboo and hanging signs uh, and the chisel bookshelves, like it just leads to more stuff to manage. And I am wondering if they have a plan in the background, pure speculation on on an, an update to either the UI or the UI and, and inventory. Yeah, it, it's it's potentially what the community has been hoping for for a while. And the thing about community hopes like that is that they've only really popped up in the last little while. Obviously, inventory is something people have been talking about for ages. But when people are looking at inventory as a problem now, that means it's going to be addressed in a few years time. It feels like like the nether update and the caves update and everything like they, they always happen like offset by a couple of years. So this latest kind of you know um discussion around inventory has got to be something that if they're not addressing in this update then it'll be coming in the next couple of years 
fingers crossed. In a way, I'm almost happy that they haven't announced too many features today because we have almost been talking for two hours. <laughs> and so I think it's probably time to wrap up this episode of The Spawn Chunks. You can find out more information about the show and links to some of the stuff that we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show is composed by me and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you're getting some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join our community where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat. You can participate in live show recordings when they happen if you're able to listen in every Monday. And we're also having our monthly Minecraft audio hangout this month. And as Joel mentioned at the top of the show, we are going to be having a larger version of that so that we can get the community's thoughts on the Minecraft live announcements as well as what they've been doing in Minecraft this month. We're currently at 339 patrons, which is up four from last week. Thank you to the four of you for jumping on board. And special thanks go out to our content engineer patrons, Hunter555, Jumbo Sale, and Yitz for your support on this episode. Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at The Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram. Personal recommendations are by far the best way to share the podcast. Just poke a friend in the arm from a safe distance and say, you should listen to The Spawn Chunks. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Be sure to leave a rating or a review on your favorite platform that helps us find new ear holes. You can email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. The RSS feed is linked on the spawnchunks.com. And the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page. That's where you can listen to The Render Distance, the extended version of the podcast. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixorifs. You can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash where I try to make sense of this bizarre and wonderful game in Season 2 of Empire's SMP and the Minecraft Survival Guide. I'll also probably end up making videos about the snapshots as they are released, so stay tuned for those. I stream three days a week on Twitch, doing behind-the-scenes work for my YouTube series, and I'm the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. Aside from that, I'm at Pixorifs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything I'm up to online, including links to my other podcasts and social platforms, is at joelduggan.com. The Citadel Cafe is my other podcast about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment, and Pixel Riffs will be joining me on that this week to talk about the season finale of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Very much looking forward to that. You can follow me at Joel Duggan on social media and Joel Duggan on Twitch, where I stream at least three days a week, uh, often doing Lego on Friday, Minecraft on weekends, and during the week, I fit in some satisfactory streams. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, but we don't know its name yet.